me my conscience and emotions Cleanse me and wash away Sometimes you feel so close But sometimes you seem far away Like I'm just going through the motions Like why don't it seem real to me Today I need a sign Tomorrow I need strength I pass a plate, I gave my life up as an offering I call it operation opposition Often when I'm off again Music for the streets. You are officially tapped into King Legend Talks Artist of the Week. Welcome to King Legend Talks. This is my one and only, my brother from another mother, Dan Moeller Jr. Welcome Appreciate to the you podcast, having me on, my, my bro. It's definitely an honor to have you here today, man. So we're definitely gonna dive deep into your testimony. We're gonna talk about your music. We're gonna talk about some of your thought process <laughs> to a lot of the things yeah. that's going on in the world right now. We're gonna really just dive deep into actually learning more about you and who you are today, my brother. So um, without further ado, just go ahead and give us a quick introduction about where you from All and, right. uh, um, and so who are you? Dan Muller Jr., by the way, nice shirt. Got the warrior, got the warrior. On. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know I gotta represent. Um, you know so I gotta Dan represent. Miller Jr. Um, I'm 33 years old, born and raised in York, Pennsylvania. Uh, currently, still live here. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people refer to me as my dad's son, which gets kind of annoying over the years. We'll probably get into that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I respect him. He's a man of God. He's really laid a platform. Uh, so Dan Muller, Todd White, big, big influence in my life. Um, so, you know, being raised in church, having a Christian background my whole life, um, you know, just having a good covering, a Christian covering, but I was a rebellious kid that ran from the truth for a long time and, uh, had to find God for myself and who God really was to me, you know, not, not who he was to the people that I looked up to, who he was to me. Um, and through, through that, you know, through that, I built a relationship and he started to open doors just with ministry, with music, you know, um, becoming a pastor recently. It's just been kind of crazy, bro. Like. You know, people say like, you don't even know what God has wow. in store for you. It's greater than you can imagine, and that's what that's what's happened. So, uh, yeah, right. And that's definitely a fact, man. Because you know, something about what you just said just reminded me of mm. your relationship having to become personal with God. You know, like a lot of people can mm. kind of look at you and expect these things from you, like, oh, you're a, you're a PK, a preacher's kid, right? So it's like, yeah. oh, you're expected to do all of this stuff. But then, where people fail to realize, yeah. like, no, I'm my own person. And I do have to find my own yeah. personal relationship with God so that way it can become real to me and who I am. Because it's so easy to look at everybody else and say, well, he did this for this person or this is what they told me about him. But until it becomes personal, yeah. then it won't yeah. become That's real. That's facts, bro. Like you. my whole life, my whole so, life, it was the phrase, you know, preacher's kids are the worst. And I remember sitting down with my dad when I was in the middle of, you know, addiction and all that. We'll get into that. But like, I remember him always saying, when I told him, I was like, people always say preacher's kids are the worst. He's like, yeah, but you're believing that lie. And if you believe it long enough, you'll become it. And those same people also told me that I had big shoes mm. to fill. So the same people that told me that I was a preacher's kid, I'll always be the worst, but I also had big shoes to fill is contradicting each other, you know? Um, but so I always felt like I had to do what he mm -hmm. did. And that's why I always fell short because, you know, I was trying to apply his life to mine. Gotcha. So, at one, like, what part of your life where 
it became real for you. Like you grew up in this um in this environment, but go over that moment where it was really like about you. You know, when yeah. it became real to you, um, that connection with Jesus. Deep. I might as well kind of just give like a short testimony because it kind of leads up to that. So Let's you know, like I said, previously, being raised in Let's church, um, I innocently gave my life to Jesus as a young child, five years old. Um, I saw my parents do it. There was a preacher that came to the church. People were falling out in the spirit, like God was moving. And I never seen anything like that in my life. And I was a little kid, so it caught my attention. You know, it was something different than going to Sunday school. Like I was in the sanctuary with the adults and you could feel the presence of God, bro. Um, so I gave, so I was like, you want to accept Jesus? And, you know, I said the prayer, right? Back back in the day, I said the prayer and innocently. And uh, even my parents didn't really have an understanding at that time. But my dad, my dad really got a hold of a revelation of who Jesus was. And uh, if you watch like parts of his testimony all over YouTube and stuff, like he talks about how there was a season in his life where he's like, I had a job, I had a wife, I had a job, I had children, priorities in line, but I would go into the bedroom and I would turn the clock to the wall because I wanted to meet with the Lord and I wasn't coming out and not getting distracted by things around me until I had an encounter. And because of that, we saw the change in his life. So that's what I think made me hungry for something different. Because my dad, I wasn't the greatest mm -hmm. dad. Like as, as a young child, three, four, five years old, I remember that stuff. Even though I was that young, I remember. So when we saw his change, it changed everything, bro. Um, so I started pursuing God. And at seven years old, I got filled with the Holy Ghost, um, speaking in tongues. Some people watching might, you know, have their disagreements and whatever. Regardless, I'm here to tell you, like I had the experience. You can't take a man's testimony. You know, I've been through that. So I was speaking in tongues. I remember the bus driver knocked on my uh, door. She dropped off our, me and my sister. She said to my mom, she said, you and your sister or me and my sister, she said, your children have been praying in tongues or whatever. She says, like, Bible babbling for three days on the bus. What's going on? Are they OK? My mom explained it to her because we had an encounter like we were speaking in tongues for days. So they got filled with the Holy Ghost. And until age 12, I was doing pretty good, like, you know, going to church, reading the word being saturated in the presence my dad would walk around the house and just like pray for us and we would just go out bro like it was crazy um but th but then it was in yeah like i can get wow. this deep but then like crazy spiritual encounters man um but then when i was 12 13 years old i started hanging out with the wrong crew in middle school i saw my friends doing things and i thought it was cool because i was so sheltered as a child um i think sometimes my parents overdid it and like, there's nothing wrong. Obviously, like, I'm not going to sit there. It's not my place to judge their parenting. Um, but we're always learning from experience. But even when we would have like different parties at school, like Halloween parties, um, they would always schedule us to leave. Like my parents would come pick us up and remove us from the party. So we weren't partaking in it because they didn't agree with that. Uh, so some people could view that as a little religious. Mm -hmm. uh, me personally, I think it was healthy at the time, but at the same time as a child, I always felt like the black sheep, the eyeball out, you know, like how come I got to be the weirdo that leaves and I got to explain it to my friends, you know, because I'm, I'm 11, 12 right. years old, like it felt weird at that age. Um, so I started wanting to hang out with them. And because my parents told me not to do certain things, it made me want to do them, like the rebellious nature. So 12, 13 years old, I started smoking weed. Uh, started getting interested in girls in like 14 years old. Um, got a girlfriend at 15, lost my virginity, and I knew it was wrong the whole time I was doing everything, messing around. Like I knew, I knew that I wasn't doing the right thing. And that was the thing. It's like Proverbs 22, 6 says, train a child up in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart. So even though I wasn't living the faith, I still had mm. those convictions planted in my heart. And it was a seed that my parents planted in me and they continued to water it. But as soon as I started to stray off, it just made everything harder because I knew right from wrong. 
So that led up to a whole series through high school, just a mess, bro. Like I played high school football, varsity football player, and I started finding my identity in, you know, you're scoring a touchdown, you're the all-star to get, like I started finding my identity in people liking me. Um, anything I could do to not be a part of church and like not like be religious or like godly, but like still find identity. You get what I'm saying? So um, so I graduated yeah, high school, for, but for sure. it was after high school where things took a really deep turn, 18, 19 years old. Um, it got really bad. I was hanging out with a friend. He lived with me for a year and a half. Uh, my good buddy from school, he was going through some stuff with his family and my parents let him stay. And him and I just started running the streets, um, getting involved. You know, we were the two white boys on the block um, and just starting to get involved in gangs and drug dealing, hustling and, you know, smoking all the profit, got into cocaine, started doing crack, tried heroin, all that crap, man. And uh, it got messy. And by the time mm-hmm. I was 24, well, let's back up. Uh, 22, I went to Teen Challenge. My dad told me, he's like, look, you know, obviously you have a problem and uh, you're not welcome under my roof if you're going to live this way because I feel like I'm enabling you. So he advised me to go to Teen Challenge. And I kind of, I went to Teen Challenge because I knew I needed help, but it was because I was forced. Like I had to go because I didn't have anywhere else to go. I was a kid, like, even though I was 22, I still feel like mm-hmm. a kid, like trapped in a man's body. Um, so I went to Teen Challenge, I did four months, left prematurely, and then at 24 years old, that's where your question to be answered, where it really became real to me. Um, I ended up relapsing, getting back into a mess about a year after Teen Challenge, and just a horrible road, bro, and it got to the point where my pops had to call me, and he left me a voicemail. I left the house, I was at a crack house for three days, strung out, um, didn't even know, like, where I parked my car, like, I was wreck, bro, and mind you, like, I still had a job making good money, but I didn't show up. Like, I didn't even, it was no call, no shows. Like, my boss was messaging me, like, yo, are you alive? Like, what's going on? This ain't like you. It's not your character. Because I, re- I relapsed. Um, still had, right. you know, money in the bank. Um, not a lot, like a couple grand, but it was like, I lived in my parents' house. So I was kind of, they were enabling me. I was feeding off that. So I was at this crack house for three days. My dad called me one day, left me a voicemail. When I saw, when I saw his number call my phone, when I woke out of my, like, three-day trance, like my heart sank and I felt sick because I was like, oh my God, I got to face reality. Like that's how I was living. And uh, he, he left me a voicemail. I'll never forget, man. He said something like, hey, son, it's your dad. Um, I hate to have this conversation with you once again, but it seems like you think you're a man. You left for three days now. I don't know where you are, what you're doing. But at this point, you're a danger to society and you're a danger to yourself. I'm leaving out of town at 5 p.m. tonight. So if you don't have the house keys in the mailbox or on the front porch before then, I'm calling the West Manchester Township Police and I'm letting them know the make and model of your car and your description so they can keep an eye out for you before you kill yourself or somebody else. That's how deep it got. So it was like, man, and my dad, like I put him in that situation, wow. you know, like now I look back, it's like, man. So uh, I ended up freaking out, like in my mind, like anxiety. And the first thing I did was go get high again. Like that's how bad I was. Um, but that night somebody called me from the church randomly. It was actually an ex-girlfriend that I dated from the church when I got out of Teen Challenge. Her parents weren't very fond of me at this time because I had broken her heart, like went down the road, you know, the whole whole nine yards. Out of nowhere, bro, her mom mm-hmm. called me. I didn't even know the number. And I don't pick up numbers. I don't know. But something told me to pick up the phone when I was so high. I picked it up. I said, hello. And the woman from the church, her mom said, hey, she called me Daniel. That's like my real name, Daniel. Only my parents called me Daniel. She's like, hey, Daniel. I was like, who's this? And she said who it was. And I was like, like, why is she calling me? And she said, where are you? And I knew she didn't talk to my parents. Like, it was just like one of these things. And I told her. And she said, I need you to come to my house right yeah. now. Are you okay to drive? And I was like, yeah, I can come. And I probably wasn't okay to drive, but it was like grace of God on me. Um, I went there, spent two days detoxed, and ended up 
admitting myself to a program called Life Changers Outreach. And it was different this time than Teen Challenge because I wanted to go. It wasn't because I had to. It's because I, I, I knew, that, like, look, mm. I got a problem. Like, I could go get an apartment and do my thing, keep my job. But if I do, I'm going to die. Um, it was that, that bad. So that's where I was forced to figure out, like, what is this faith thing? What does a relationship with God really look like? And I know you, it wasn't one of those things, like, if you're really real, show me a sign. It was like, I know you're real, but I'm screwing up so bad, I don't know how to get out. So if you can help me, please do it. Um, and that was the prayer that changed everything, bro. When I went to that program, a year long, graduated, uh, and that's where I encountered the Lord, bro. That was 2000, 2014, 2014. Man, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. I mean, you really went through a lot. And I, as you were going over that testimony, my mind was just coming up with so many different types of questions, just wondering um, your take on it. Like, first of all, um, getting that that call from your dad where he's like, listen, you know, you're, you're, really, you're really messing up pretty much. And, and, and if I had to summarize, it sounds like you're messing up and yeah. I need you to realize like where you're at right now. And in that moment, that was like a wake-up call for you. Um, just processing that information, if you could tell your dad something about that call, I don't know if y'all have conversations about it or not, but how would that um, conversation go? Like, how, at this point how now, impactful um, it was on your life? We never talked about that, that specific phone call. We have some other stories I can talk about that quick, but uh, that specific phone call alone, um, I would thank him now. You know, even a couple of years ago i probably wouldn't have talked about it just because it was so uncomfortable um but it was, it was also a game changer mm -hmm. it was like the pivot point you know um but i had a similar situation whenever i told you i had gone to teen challenge earlier uh that was in 20 2022 mm -hmm. 2021 2022 uh november no november of 2021 that's right i went to teen challenge and before then i had left home again i was with a girl for i lived with her for about a year she had a two-year-old and her and I got so strung out. She was like a high school girlfriend. Then we like got back together or whatever. Um, her and I were so strung out. Like we had a two-year-old, not my child, her child. I was playing daddy. And like our electric, our electric was getting shut mm -hmm. off. We were on food stamps, selling food stamps for cash to get high. Like that's how bad it was. And I was down right now. Like I'm not a big guy. I'm like five foot seven, uh, 160 pounds. I was down to 123 pounds. Um and I have pictures, like I have wow. pictures I post on my Facebook and social media about that. But I was going for a whole year, mind you. I was going a whole year. My mom would come to the apartment and like she would bring me like coins to do my laundry at the laundromat, like because she was a mom, bro. Like she was loving me where I was. She would cry the whole way home. Like it was bad. Like she wasn't enabling me. She was just loving me because she had no other choice. My dad had called me four months into me leaving and was like, hey, look, you left again. If you want to be a man, go do your thing. And it was tough on him. He still loved me, but he wasn't going to preach me back into his house. Uh, but this, what I'm getting to is this whole year mm -hmm. went by where I was living that way. And he has testimonies about it on YouTube. If you type in like damn older prodigal son on YouTube, the whole story's there. It's so powerful. Uh, mm -hmm. I knocked on his door after being gone for a whole year, strung out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't know where to go. Where did I end up turning to? I turned to my dad because I knew that he carried the truth and he carried love inside of him, you know, and love covers a multitude of sins and, and mercy. And he carries mercy, mercy transfer, judgment. And I knew that because I saw the fruit in his life. So I went to his door and I knocked 
and he was out in the kitchen canning tomatoes and doing his thing. And he came and he's like, oh, I heard somebody knock and he opened the door and I was standing along the wall, like shivering, crying because I was so scared to see him, but I knew that he was going to love me. And it wasn't like a manipulative thing, like, oh, I got to get more money, got this. No, it was like, dad, I screwed up and I need help. And he, he hugged me and wow. we cried. And that's where, like, I decided to go to Team Challenge. Well, he encouraged me to go, and I went. Um, but even then, like, I still made the choice to go because I could have been like, ah, you know, like, thanks for accepting me back, but I don't think that program's for me. It was like, yeah, I need help. Um, but that, like, that conversation we talk about a lot, like, where he just loved me, bro. Like, he loved mm -hmm. me. And in, in many ways, it sounds like he really yeah. showed the love of Christ to you, man. Like, because um, so many people... You know, it's one thing when you when you when you slip up and you make a mm. mistake and then you do it again. It's yeah. uh, most people that count you out at yeah. that point. It's like burning bridges. You know what I'm saying? So to have somebody look at you and still look at you like to the point where I know you can get through this. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to forgive you. And, you know, it, it sounds cliche because I know that's your dad. And it's like, that's his responsibility. He's supposed to do that. But at the same time, yeah. there are so many people, yeah. bro. Once you burn that well, even bridge, a, even it's a wrap. You can't come back here. It's natural to be okay with that. You know, and that, yeah. he, that's what he always taught me. He said, that's why it's so, like, important, like, when we preach. It's like, if you don't know who you are in Christ, you'll never see somebody else the way he sees them. So, like, my dad told me, he's like, on my darkest day, like my dad's words, he's like, on my darkest day, God never lost sight of me. So why would I lose sight of you? Because like, God didn't see me for what I was doing. He saw mm. me for who I am. So that's how my dad saw me. Like he didn't have to like, oh, my son's at the door. Let me put on a, a fake facade and a mask and pretend everything's okay. Like, no, it was in his heart. Now the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that's how he acted. Yeah. So. Wow. That's powerful, man. Cause, um, you know, I, I'm quite sure with him being a pastor, and him having a congregation and people kind of looking up to him. You know, it's funny now thinking about it like this. You know how you kind of got this, this people got this expectation for you because you're his son? Well, you know, on the flip side of that, there's a lot of people that hold him to certain expectations as well. Like, I expect you to have this model-looking mm -hmm. type of family, right? And it's supposed to be all together because That's this facts. is the way it is in reality. Yeah. it's not like that for him either sometimes you know and it's a process and it's just evidence that yeah. we all need jesus at the end of the day um none of us have this thing figured out 100 you know we're, we're all growing and learning at the same time and seeking wisdom you know um and i think that's a big deal because yeah. prayer changes things um go over a couple of situations in your life where the power of prayer was so evident you know like just go ahead and give yeah. take some time and give glory to so, god um, share with us I'll a, give moment. a moment where i could tell like somebody praying for me made an impact and i'll give you a an example of right away that came to me of when i prayed and it made an impact where it changed my heart so and this is like god's redemption bro it's crazy so this is deep so i talk about a lot mm -hmm. of my testimony when i travel around the churches and speak and give my testimony and share like the heart of god you know, a lot of parents are struggling with a child and some people even on here watching um, or do see this, you know, you might have a child that's running crazy or a husband or, or a sibling, whatever, whatever it may be, a family member, a friend. Um, a lot of a lot of times we see what they're doing and we think that's that's how it's going to be. 
and, and all of a sudden we start praying for them, but it's out of a place of fear. It's not out of a place of faith because we're worrying about them and they're like, oh God, please help them. But like those prayers don't leave the ceiling and that's not to condemn anyone. The, 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 the prayers that marked my life the most was my mom never stopped speaking life over me. So when I go around places and I preach and talk about this, I share how the experiences where her prayers were evident because I would be sitting in, in a crack house, whorehouse, whatever you want to call it, and I wouldn't be home for days and didn't hear from my dad, didn't talk to him, but my mom would text me at three, four in the morning and I'd be on the couch doing my thing, getting high with these people. She would just randomly send me a text when I'm a million miles from the Lord. And she would say, I love you, man of God. And to me, to me, it bothered me. It bothered me because I'm like, I'm not a man of God. Like, but she was telling me you are. She was calling for things that are not as though they are. She was speaking life into the situation and there's power of life and death in the tongue. So she knew who God created me to be. So that's how she saw me. So even though there was time she was weary in her face, she had a little fear, a little doubt. She still had enough concept and understanding of God's love and mercy to cover me. So she would speak because she knew the power of words. So she would pray over me that way. It wouldn't be God bring my son home. She would say, father, I thank you that you're going to bring him home. You know, she would declare it. She would declare it. And some people might overlook that and be like, well, that's, you know, that's over spiritual. Well, I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for my mom saying those kind of prayers. And a lot of other people praying too, but it was because of the position that she was praying from, the perspective. Um, it aligned with faith. Right. You know, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. My mountain was addiction. My mountain was this lifestyle I was living. So she would speak these words and it would slowly penetrate my heart. And like I said earlier, Proverbs 22, 6, train a child up in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart. So I was convicted the whole time. And as she continued to pray these things over me and speak them over me, it did something to my heart, bro. And I could feel the Holy Ghost like moving yeah. in me, even though I was like sitting there stoned out of my mind, drunk, partying, girls, whatever, you name it. Like I still had this conviction where I wasn't I wasn't fulfilled and satisfied in the moment like the world would look at it and be like he's too lost to come back but in my mind I'm like I need to be mm -hmm. found you know uh absolutely man that's so deep man because I was just thinking about that you know calling those things that are not as though they were you know that's a big deal when it comes to somebody yeah. stepping in for you in the spiritual as well you know, a lot of people, they forget about that, man. The supernatural yeah, realm is more real yeah. than this natural realm that we live in. And so while you're sitting there, you're dealing with all this addiction and, and you're going through all these places that you probably Definitely shouldn't be. <laughs> um, someone yeah. is really fighting yeah. for you, you know, in the spiritual. Um, there's times I'm probably yeah. sure the enemy wanted to kill you. And, and and take you off yeah. of this planet. He probably wanted you to overdose and get you off of this planet. But there are people interceding for you and, and they're making moves happen in the spirit. And at the time, That's you right. may not even be aware of it. You know, I'm quite sure on the day that we all die and we go to, I can't say we all die and go to heaven, but let's just say when we go to heaven, there's going to be moments there where Jesus is going to be like, you see this? Flashback. Remember that? Yeah. See, I, I, had, those, I had flashbacks you know, when I was in Teen Challenge. I had yeah. an encounter with God where, and some people would be like, oh, that's the enemy bringing up bad memories. This was, no, this was healthy. This was God like enlightening me and showing me gratitude to be grateful and thankful for the times. Like I just, I had like five or six flashbacks back to back that I would never remember because I was so out there, but they just popped up out of nowhere when I was praying. And then another one popped up and then another one popped up and he was like, that's what I saved you from. And it was like, wow. And that gave me gratitude. Right. Um, I didn't share the part 
where so that was the prayer that affected me from the outside but then like you said like an encounter of prayer so when i went to life changers in 2014 right um that was after the whole like ex-girlfriend's mom called me episode i withdrew i went to the program i was there so i was in the program for three days i made a youtube video about this um and some people hear this stuff and they're like oh like i want to see that or you know, whatever, like, if you spend time with the Lord and around the right people, you're going to see miracles, you're going to see creative miracles, like, I've seen pretty much everything that you can see, except for somebody raising from the dead in person, heard about it, I have friends that pray for people that came back, like, but I've never seen it myself, so, like, if I, if somebody called me right now and said their loved one passed away, like, pray for them to raise, I can't honestly sit here and look you in the eyes and say I have faith for it, um, I'm still growing in that area, Mm-hmm. So, but I think a lot of times once we see something like faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. So a lot of times we have a hard time praying for something if we didn't see it, but then once we pray for it and God moves and we mm-hmm. see it, it makes you feel like a lion in that area and that arena because you've seen it. So it's like, if I saw it again, saw it once, I'll see it again. So I grew up seeing creative miracles. Right. I grew up seeing that stuff. So I was in the program, get this three days, right? Uh, and this is not a boasting like me or like spiritual walk. Cause I haven't even seen, I haven't seen it since. Um, I prayed for people with scars and like cuts and stuff. I haven't seen it since I was in the program three days and a student came to me. This was now mind you, like I'm still withdrawing like off drugs. But as soon as I went to the program and I was surrounded by like godly influence and good character, it's like the light came on, like how the Holy Spirit will bring that back to remembrance, everything you've been taught. It's like, as soon as I stepped out of deception into where I was supposed to be, it's like, oh, like here I am in the Lord's presence again. And everything that I was, that I was raised with came to light. The student comes up to me three days in the program and he's like, hey, man, he's like, uh, I heard who your dad is. That's how he approached me. I heard who your dad is or whatever. He used to preach at the church here because he did. My dad preached at the rehab church in Tennessee. And uh, he's like, mm-hmm. man, I just wanted to know if you could pray for me. And I'm like, what's going on? It was right before devotion time, like bedtime. He pulled up his sleeve, bro. And I kid you not, like from here, from his elbow down to his wrist, looked like railroad tracks. Just from from drug use, needle wow. use. And he, I was like, what do you want me to pray for? He's like, man, he's like, I've been growing in the Lord. I've been here a few months, but every day I look at these tracks and it reminds me of where I was and it makes me want to leave. I just want to get high, bro. But it bothers me. And I was like, man, the fact that it bothers you shows that you changed because you used to do it and you wanted to do it. Now you don't want to do it. So that shows that you're a new creation. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. So you shouldn't have to deal with yesterday's memories if you're a new person today. And he's like, right, right. I said, let me pray for you. And we went to the little bathroom, like down the hallway. And all I said, simple prayer, bro. I said, his name is Scott Holt. And I was going to bring him on. Like I'm friends with him on Facebook and I did my YouTube video and he commented. I was like, bro, we should talk about this because it impacted him and impacted me. Three days I'm in the program, bro. This is God's grace and mercy. I'm still screwing up, still withdrawing. But my heart was in a place of love for this kid because I knew the truth. So I pray to him. All I said was, God, I thank you for Scott. I thank you that he's a new creation. And I heard the Holy Spirit say blow on him. And I went in his face. Like, it was really weird. I just went. And he like almost fell over. Like the presence of God was so strong. And I gave him a hug and he cheered up. I'm like, love you, bro. He's like, love you too. Thanks, man. Goes to bed, wakes up the next morning. We go to breakfast, like the little seven o'clock breakfast, all the people. He comes up to me and I'll never forget. He came up to me. And he looks scared. And he's like, bro, I got to He's like, bro, he's like. Remember you prayed for me last night? And I'm like, no, I forgot. And I'm like, yeah, of course I remember. He put up his, his sleeve. Everything was gone. All the marks were gone. Wow. And when I saw that, bro, not only did God heal him and supernaturally, like, freak him out, it showed me the love of God. 
It's like, here you are last week, strung out in the crack house, running from me for years and years and years, turn around. And is the moment that you say you want to be obedient to my word and you want to walk in love, I fulfill my word in your life. And it was just like, it was crazy, bro. Mm. It wrecked me. Wow. But you know, you know what that reminds me of? That just reminds me of a lot of times when people are looking for their passions, they're looking for that calling in, in their life. Um, God always lets people know at a young age. I feel like when you're young, it's like God will let you know, like, this is what I'm calling you to do. Yeah. There's a lot of times people forget that and then they end up trying to figure it out as they get older and the world becomes more distracting. But that yeah. calling has never left your life. And so in that moment, you were already doing your own thing, but God was really like, yeah. okay, I'm waiting on you to show me you're ready to receive yeah. what I already have in store for you. And so in that moment, you were yeah. really showing God that I'm ready. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be obedient. And in the moment you became obedient, boom, he came and delivered what he was already wanting to yeah. do through your life anyway. Um, I think part of what this walk is, it's just really understanding what it means to become a vessel and really be a disciple. You know, um, part of that is not doing our will, but putting God's will first. And a lot of people neglect to do that with their life. And they wonder why things don't happen as fast, because at the end of the yeah. day, God is going to have his way. Let's not forget that, you know, God is going to have his way when it comes to it. But, he needs you to be obedient. If you call yourself a child of God, you have to truly be obedient yeah. to the call he has on your life. Now, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things is going to be added to you. It's, it's more or less saying put God's will first and then these other things can be added to you because at the end of the day, when you're a true believer and you're a true follower of Christ, your right. will starts to line up yep. with God's will. And so that's why God will give that's you right. all the desires of your heart is because first your yeah. heart has yeah. to be in the right place. He's not going to give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. If you're going to go out and there like, and crash. To go, to go off of what you said, like, <laughs> you know what I'm like, saying? Like, his will will always be done. Um, but some people wonder why, like they're not moving along as fast as like someone else or what's going on. Like, like gifts are without repentance. So like, if you have the gift of mm -hmm. healing or the gift, of, like you can have a gift um, and be living in sin and still operate i've seen it personally um i've seen it my dad oh, my dad yeah. has a friend i gotta oh, yeah. be careful talking about this stuff because some people like they think it gives them an excuse to live willfully but if that if if you feel that type of way then you need to get a grip and get a relationship with god because you're highly deceived you know um we had a, he had a guy mm -hmm. a lady call him or a guy call him and say hey so and so it was a guy at the church basically long story short a guy at the church when i was a kid was going to church and then he went through like a divorce something his wife passed away after that, he got backslidden, mad at God, and he was on drugs and alcohol nonstop. And he ran into someone in public, a guy pushing his wife in a wheelchair, and some conviction in his heart just told him to pray for her. He prayed for her, and she stood up. And he was drunk and high when he prayed for her. He was mm. blasted, bro. Prayed for her. And God's presence moved right. through him and healed her. And when he saw it, it, he got so convicted, he freaked out. And they're like, oh, my gosh, who, who are you? And he didn't even know what to say. He wrote my dad's name and number down. And handed it to him and said, here, call him. He'll explain. And he took off. So then my dad gets a phone call from these people. Wow. And so what I was getting to is, is we can, 
the Bible says we've all been given a measure of grace, but we can increase in favor. But you're not going to increase in favor if you're not walking in obedience to his word. So God's will will always be done. Like you said, God's will will always Mm -hmm. be done. The level of sin in someone's life will never dictate the movement of his love. But but if you're not walking in obedience and you're walking in willful sin, then you cut off the favor. But once you get the favor along with the grace, now you're in his plan and his will. And then everything that you desire will be accomplished through him if it's in his purpose, like you were saying. So it's really good, bro. Absolutely, man. I mean, a lot of people really do overlook that fact. Um, It's because we have this wrong uh, interpretation of what it means to be blessed. That's what I think. Um, A lot of people, you know, they look at material, material things as being blessed. And, you know, I always think about what about the disciples? Mm. Did they not live a blessed life? You get what Mm. I'm saying? Were they not blessed? And then you have to dive deep into what it truly means. If you really look into what Jesus taught, he taught everyone that your treasure is in heaven. And so we have to already from the ground one rethink, renew our mind of what it means to be blessed because our blessing is in heaven, right? So that means when you're out here and you're preaching the gospel, you're storing up treasure in heaven, brother. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where we have to rewire our mind to understand. So when we're getting attacked by the enemy, we're getting attacked by all these um, uh, demons that are putting these spiritual attacks on our life. We're not right. looking at that like, well, what's going on? Listen, every time that has happened, rejoice. That means you're doing something in the spiritual. Every time someone is coming at you and they're attacking your life, they're they're cursing you out, rejoice. Because that means your your blessings in heaven is going to be great. You get what I'm saying? Like, you're you're really in a space where you have to look at this natural world as an attack on your life. But it's because of who you are in Christ, not because of who you aren't. You, when you walk in this calling, you walk in that authority, um, the devil, he recognizes it. The enemies, they recognize it. You know, when, when you start to truly um, be who you're supposed to be, and, and, and that's really like Christ. When you start yeah. to walk and become more like Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you. And the demons get irritated yeah. in people when you come around. And so it's no no wonder they can't. Uh, coexist with you. You ever had that one person? Like, I don't even know yeah. the person. They just matter for no reason. It's because the Holy Spirit and you is irritating their demons. Yeah. They don't want you in the building because they don't want you to share your testimony. They don't want you to tell people about how God brought you through this situation. Because the moment you do, somebody else is dealing with that situation. Yeah. That's dealing with those strongholds. Now going to be able to understand where the keys yeah. are. And familiar spirits. I got to say, it's like life. familiar spirits, bro. It's a real thing where, like, you know, like you did something with Daniel Adams a while back, you know, and he's really big into deliverance. Mm-hmm. Like my dad... My dad's not anti-deliverance at all. Some people say, damn, Mueller doesn't believe in deliverance. That's false. My dad is totally for deliverance. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Like, we're totally for deliverance. But a lot of times, people think something's a demon, but they really just need to believe the truth about what God says about them. But there is demonic right. oppression, depression, et cetera, you know, possession. Um, but what I was mm-hmm. saying, there's familiar spirits. So I was talking to somebody earlier that I'm doing a song with. He was texting me, talking about all the stuff he's going through. And it kind of caught me off guard because he's like a solid dude, always doing TikTok lives, big following. You think these people got it all together, right? He's been behind the scenes struggling and 
struggling and he reached out to me today and was talking to me. I was like, bro, like that's humility that you reach out to me, check this out. But I talked to him about familiar spirits, how a lot of times, like you said, how you might be in a building and someone's like, oh, I don't, I don't like for no reason, right? And it's like the Holy Ghost in you is irritating the demonic stuff on him. It's familiar spirits seeing how you used to react before Christ. So now they're trying to push the same buttons to get you to respond the same rather than different so that you can be held less accountable for being a new creation or, you know, not respond, like responding Christ, like he's not responding Christ, like you got mad because you're responding on something familiar that used to bother you. So that's, that's the key of like, you're not trying to put on a fake to respond different. You become, you don't, you become love. So when you become love, love holds no record of wrong. So then you have no, no area, no runway to respond in the manner that you used to respond. So that really irritates the devil when he sees that you've actually changed because he's going to come along and push you. He's going to hit buttons. And like my pastor mm -hmm. was a while back, he said, with every promotion comes opposition. But a lot of people fall whenever the opposition comes before their promotion. And that's where I had to go through a long time. Right. Like God kept trying to promote me. God kept trying to do things. And he's still like, I still go through it, bro. Like God opens the door. And then like I make some stupid mistake in my thinking and get like bothered about something. And you get tested in what you preach. Like I travel all around and preach now and I preach a message. And the next day I get tested in the same area. And I haven't always stood, you know, like I've had my times where I fell and it was like, man, like, like you better believe right. what you're talking about because the enemy's watching and he's going to try to try to hit you in that area and see if you really believe what you're saying. You know, absolutely. <laughs> I'm laughing because you reminded me of a situation that happened at my church one time. The, the pastor was preaching a whole like three part series on spiritual warfare. And then after he finished the series. Everybody in the church got tested. <laughs> like at one time, yeah. like everybody got tested. You know what I'm saying? And then it's funny because um, I remember we came to church and the, you could feel it, man. Like everyone was just dealing with something. Somebody, grandmother died or, you know, just everybody was feeling it. And then in that moment, he's he's like, listen, let's just, let's just praise God, man. Let's just glorify God. And then after that happened, the atmosphere changed, bro. The presence became so strong, like you could feel it, because God is really, yeah. he really yeah. is in the presence of the people that glorify him and worship him, especially when they're going through the tough times. And it's so easy to thank God when things are good, but I think it's so important to thank God yeah. even more when things are bad, even more when you're struggling, because that yeah, really yeah. spits in the devil's face, bro. The devil's the thing, throwing everything like, he got at that's you. That's the thing. Like, and he's like, I'm going to break people and like talk to people. It's like, and I, and I've dealt with this myself. I've talked to my pastors and friends and leaders in, in my sphere about this. It's like, you could be doing great. And then all of a sudden, sudden something happens and then you cave and there's no consistency because we're going off our feelings. And like, I've even had it in the aspect where like, right. I thought I was doing really good and I was like spiritually, I was doing well, but I got to the point where I got too complacent and relying on feelings, even with the Lord, where I would pray for somebody and I would feel like electric and like they're shaking and they fall out in the spirit and it's like, ah, oh. but then I'll go pray for people and I wouldn't feel anything. And then I was like, oh, like, where's God, you know? And he was like, are you trusting in feelings or are you trusting in truth? And like, that's that's what happens i think to a lot of right. Christians, where we go through things in life we experience things and like we said like when things are all good we're great 
But then when things get rough, they're like, oh, where's God? Like God said, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You have to believe that because as a man thinketh, so he is. So if you have a true understanding and identity of who Christ really is in you, then he never left because you're filled with the Holy Ghost. So it's not about how you feel. It's about how you see. Because if your eyes clear, then the whole body's full of light. Mm -hmm. So that's something I had to get a hold of. And that, like I said before, like we were talking on the phone earlier today about applying somebody else's revelation to your life. And like, that's where the whole, you know, you're a preacher's kid, you got big shoes to fill. Like, yeah, great. Like my dad has this awesome revelation and, I, but you can only go so far repeating someone else's words. And that's what happens to a lot of people. They, they watch people on YouTube, they watch preachers, they watch people they look up to, they go to Sunday service and then they go out and they apply what they heard, but they didn't become it yet. So all they do is repeat what somebody else said. And then they wonder why they fall, fall short. And then they allow the enemy's voice to come in and say, you're not good enough. You can't make it. You'll never be that. You'll never this, you're not qualified. And that's all a lie, but it's the intimacy with God when you become that it actually becomes who you really are. And then you have authority to walk through it and to manifest it and encounter his presence and actually, you get what I'm saying? It's like a totally different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You preach it. Because I think what a lot of people fail to realize that salvation is free, but the anointing will cost you everything. That means that intimacy with God, actually spending time in your prayer closet, actually reading your word, and the studying greatest, to show yourself on, approved. The greatest thing because is you said, it you, costs you everything. Everyone always says it costs you everything. But all, like my dad says, he says, all Jesus is asking you to give up is nothing you were created to be. So the reason it feels like it costs you everything is because you're so used right. to living in your flesh and so used to living in your desire. But once you taste mm -hmm. and see that the Lord is good, then it becomes easier because once you once you sacrifice right. enough of your flesh to get into his presence and you have an encounter and you see how he moves through you, then it enables you to want to want more of him. But that's where I say you got to be careful with the feeling thing because exactly. you rely so much on how you feel that you don't operate that way when you're not feeling it. But God never changed. I didn't mean to cut you off. I had to add that. Yep. No, no, no. You're good because I'm glad you said that because what it really means is that there's a, a spiritual process that takes place when you're growing as a believer. So, like, when you're renewing your mind, there's a shift in the way you think about your feelings. There's a shift mm. in the way you feel about your flesh. And so when you're in, when you're just a new believer and you're just starting, you're a baby Christian, you know, you're fighting everything, man. I want to go to the club. I want to smoke still. I want to do all of these things. But when there's a renewing of your mind, now all of a sudden you take on the mind of Christ to the point where I don't want to do anything that offends God. Because now if it offends God, I know I'm not going to be in good grace with God. And I don't want that. I want to be, I want God to be proud of what, I, what I'm doing for the kingdom. You know, I want God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So there is a renewing of the mind yeah. and it's a maturity that happens when you go through that process. And so a lot of people that can continue to fight and deal with the same things over and over again, it's because they have to continue to grow. You know, they're in that season where they have to get in that word. And so that way their relationship is so strong with yeah. Christ that they don't want to do things that offend Christ. And so that's why um, I always explain to people that until you really understand what he did for you on the cross, you're going to be missing out on a lot of yeah. important things about this walk. Because there's a lot of people that were told he died on the cross for your sins he rose from the grave three days he took on sin for you and then it's like if until you realize that you yeah. were supposed to be on that cross that you were supposed to take those punishments for the consequences of the sins that you committed it won't ever hit home because when you sin and you understand what he did for your sin already you would be like yeah. whoa i don't want to do that 
Because I know yeah. what he did for me on that cross. But yeah, he's so loving. He's so kind. And I was reading this in Romans <laughs> earlier. Um, kindness is God's intention for you to repent. So when you, when he's showing you kindness, he's intending to lead you to repentance. And when you repent, yeah. that means turning away from your sin. But I also say, don't ever mistake his kindness or his mercy as yeah. approval okay. of your lifestyle. And there's a lot of people that continue to do things over and over again. They feel like, well, I repent. I'm good. Let me go back and do it. I repent. I'm good. I go back and do it. But he's right. not approving your lifestyle. He's letting you know, I need you to repent and yeah. turn away from this and completely. You know, and a lot of people, they end up in this gray area. and They're kind of going in cycles over and over again. And that's why they don't grow. They have to get through that situation, whatever they're struggling with. They really need to go to yeah. God and ask for his help. They really need to humble themselves and say, listen, because this is how I had to get through it, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. You have to honestly put yourself in a position to be humble and literally say, God, yeah. you know I'm struggling with this. You know I'm struggling. I know you see yeah. me when I'm messing up. You see me struggling. Yeah. Help me. And that's sometimes all you have to do is to come to him with that open heart and really be honest and say listen because if you yeah. don't you're trying to do it on your yeah. own you get what i'm saying you're trying to fight whatever that struggle is on your own even if the holy spirit is in you if you don't give him that that right to say hey i need you because it's free will you got to open that door and say listen holy yeah. spirit help me with this and 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 he yeah, will definitely help you get like through that. A lot of people abuse grace and they think, well, you know, God forgives me. I keep doing it. But like grace, grace wasn't designed so you could do what you want. Grace was designed to humble you. So you go, wow, I did that. And he, he still loves me, you know, mm -hmm. and, and and it brings a change. And right. like my pop says real well, he says, you know, mercy, mercy is not getting what you deserve. And then grace is empowering you once you get the chance you weren't supposed to have. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out What's to ASAP, ASAP Preachers into the building. So um let's talk about your music really quick, brother. How did you get into the music? When does it start? Because we was talking about expectations earlier. And so people were expecting you to be this pastor, this preacher, you know. So uh, how did you get into the music? ASAP preacher called me last year. He's like, yo, you have to be a rapper. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> um, so my whole life <laughs> growing up, um, I was a big Eminem fan, big Eminem fan. Um, I watched 8 Mile on repeat. Mm -hmm. Like, it had a lot of influence in me. And then, like, once I, again, once I started straying, taking the road at, like, 12, 13 years old, the dark path, that's when, like, In the Club came out by 50 Cent and uh, started listening to different genres. Mm -hmm. But I always, I always looked at that lifestyle and was like, oh, and that's the kind of people I was hanging out with, trying to, like, imitate those kind of people. So it started to wear on me, the street life, whatever. Um, when I was a teenager, I would write raps and, it, like, just, like, poems almost to, like, take my anger and frustration out. And it was really bad. Like, my dad, mm -hmm. my dad's preached about it before, too. Like, and I've talked about publicly where he found raps in the drawer, the bedroom door, uh, drawer, talking about, like, when he was traveling itinerant. Like I was writing raps talking about like hoping that his plane crashed and he would die so that I could have a better life. That's how, that's, that's how deep and dark it was, bro. Wow. Um, because, cause like I, I, mm. I always had a gift for it, but I wasn't using it the right way, you know? Um, so like I would, I would glorify yeah. the enemy and like the depression that I was dealing with and, 
and stuff, but I'd always put it, you know, I remember my grandfather passed away. I was, it was 2007. I was 17. I wrote a song on, on, uh, the like father, like son beat by the game. Uh, you know, that song I wrote like a song about grandpa mm -hmm. and like people heard it and they're like, Oh, it's pretty good. But like, I had to grow a lot, but I was still glorifying bad stuff. Um, so then it was when I got older, um, I went through a time like in my young twenties where like, I really wanted to pursue it, but I wasn't, I wasn't doing well spiritually. Obviously that's when I was still getting help. Um, and, you know, I had some open doors opportunities, secularly, nothing big, obviously, but just like local stuff. But it was once I went to that Life Changers program in 2014, 2015, when I graduated, it was 2017, I moved back to York and uh, started my music page. And within like a month, I had like several thousand followers. I released my first song, first music video, and things started to take off. Um, I had several invites out of state to perform. It was pretty cool. That's when I met my wife. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a year off ministry, not like a sabbatical or anything, but just like a year off to like develop my relationship with her, mm. et cetera. Well, that turned into like three years. And it wasn't until a year and a half ago that I started getting serious about music again. Um, our budget got a little bit better. You know, we bought a home and we were settled in financially. And it was like, okay, now I have money to go ahead and like start this as a career, like start recording and seeing what God's got for me. So the moment that I started it was September of not this past year, year before that I started recording. God started opening doors and I started connecting with people. And it's crazy. Like you hear people talk about, and they're just people like, like you and me are brothers. Right. And we have our struggles. We have our ups, we have our downs, but it's crazy how like my whole life, I would see people like people put like my pops on a pedestal and like Todd white on a pedestal and, and Benny Hinn, like all these people that people look up to, they put them on a pedestal because of their platform. And then I found my sa myself doing the same thing. And I couldn't stand it when people did it to my, my dad mm. or other people because, like, I know my dad, right? And it's like, dude, why are you worshiping him? Like, it's my freaking dad. Like, he's a person. Like, that my, in my mind, right? But I started doing that to people. And that's where God got a hold of my heart and was like, you're being a hypocrite. Like, they're just people. Like, they're same as you, buddy. Like, your identity is in me, not in what people think about you. And as soon as I got that concept, all of a sudden I found myself texting and phone calls with people that I looked up to my whole life. And like just long, like just this yeah. last year, um, Brian Trejo with KMF, King of Music, him and I connected and like we talked on the phone a couple of mm -hmm. times. Uh, one day I was out mowing the yard and I got a FaceTime from Z, Z Sav, and he picked up. It was him, Brandon mm -hmm. Gatson and somebody else. And my dad was in the backseat of the car. And they FaceTime me. I'm like, how'd you even get my number? Like, and it was crazy because like I listened to these guys wow. like, idolize them, bro, like KMF. And like, but I found myself in the same like boat with them, like talking to them and stuff. Did we do music together? Not yet. But like ASAP Preach jumped on, like he was somebody that God put on my heart to reach out to. And we connected right away. And you know, ASAP was going through something a while back, like couple, like a year and a half ago, right when I got in music, and he reached out to me and confided in me about it. And we kept it on a personal level and we just connected and he trusted me with his heart. And it's because he saw the fruit of God in my life and he knew like the Holy Spirit drew him to me and I knew the Holy Spirit was drawing me to him. And we connected and, you know, a relationship got established apart from music. Because a lot of people, I think, build their relationships on music. Right. And then if something doesn't go right in their music, then it's like they fall apart, but they don't really have a friendship and a godly encounter. So and then after like Rare Breed, if you know who yeah. Rare Breed is. Like he's really taken off in the Christian industry. Like I hit him up months ago, like God put on my heart. I just sent him a quick message. He got right back to me. He's like, here, text me. And he sent me his number. And like, he just texted me a couple of days ago about the song I just dropped with ASAP. And was like, bro, like this is one of your best songs. Keep pushing. I've been there, et cetera. So like, 
to answer your question, like, where am I with the music? Like, I know it's my calling. Um, but again, like God's working issues out of my heart, like as far as like who I work with and why I work with them. And like, you know, oh, I want this to grow. Like, why do you want it to grow? Do you want to glorify me or do you want to make yourself feel better? But like, I'm just being real. Like, like he's really right. had to work on my heart right. in that. So right. I feel like the more that I give God and I'm preaching to myself, like the more I give God, the more he opens the door. So, you know, this past year when mm -hmm. I got into it, like at first, like numbers weren't doing good charts and people were like, oh, it's not about the views. Like, I get that. Like, it's that's not the main focus. But let's face it, as an artist, like if you don't have streams, you don't have a you don't have you don't have yeah you have to have platforms and if you yeah. let's just say if you're not good no one's gonna listen so when i first came started doing music like i thought it sounded great mm -hmm. because i was excited i was doing it but now i go back and listen to what i thought was good and it's trash i can hardly bear to listen to it but then other people listen to it now and they're like oh i love right. it. one of your first songs and i'm like i can't stand it don't listen to it and they're like don't knock where you came from but now every time i do a song like we were talking about earlier every time i do a song I have like 12 unreleased songs right now. I, was, I just released one every month for the last six months. I have 12 unreleased songs right now. And everyone I listen to gets better and better and better. So now this past year, I was like, am I just like in my head? Like, God, is this what you want me to do? Or is it what I want to do so bad that I'm trying to make it work? Because that's how it felt sometimes. Um, but like YouTube, right. like I said, it's not uh -huh. about numbers, but like you have to have a platform for music. And this past year, God told me like, it wasn't this like February a couple months ago, but the February before. Um, he told me to start, like, I knew it was guy. He's like, start making YouTube videos and, like, start putting your music out there. So I did. I had 172 subscribers. Um, and this year I grew to, we're at, like, 6,000 now. So almost. So, like, that's a lot in one year to grow. Like, you know, so you got some Absolutely. of these guys, like Mark Rogers, Big Brother, you know, people like that, where they grow, you know, 20,000 a month. And then it's so easy to fall into that comparison <laughs> game, like we were talking about earlier. But that's his season, bro. Like, like there's a grace and a protection in my life where it's like, right. like, am I ready for that? You know what I mean? Like, and God knows. Let me, let me um, say something. When it comes to um, your career and whatever it is you feel God is calling you to do, I always like to imagine things like, okay, we're in a spiritual battle. And just like you may have a heart, like I'm ready to go out there. I'm ready to slay demons, right? But you got to train. That way you can be efficient when you're out there and you're on the battlefield. So I feel like when it comes to our calling in this life, there's a lot of things our heart may be ready for, but we have to actually get ready and get all of the um, experience that's required so we can be efficient. And when we're at that level, so God can use us in the way at the maximum potential yeah. for us when we reach that level. So it's like there are times in your life where you, um, what can I say? It's like times in your life where God wants to give you something, but we're not at that point, part in our life where we're actually ready because if you give it to us too yeah, early, destroy you. it could all come yeah. falling down. You know, you could get distracted. You get distracted. Let's say he gave you everything you wanted right now with the music. Let's say he gave you 10 million streams right now with the music. And yet, because you don't know if you're ready for that or not yet in the situation, how would right. you handle 10 million streams right now if everyone pulled right. you all these different places? And now all of a sudden, he's like, okay, let me get you on a level where you can figure it out at this level. Yes. And then once you get yes. it, like, I like, know you got it. Last year, right, elevation. Like, like, Let's move last year on. when Brian hit me up after I just got done telling people, like, stop worshiping my dad, stop looking up to people, stop idolizing people. 
I went right to my wife and I was like, Brian texted me. And it's like, it's just Brian. Like, it's yeah. just Brian. And then you get to know him, you find out he got issues too. Like, right. get over it. Like, so like, it's like the things that yeah. I thought I was ready for last year, when they would happen, it was like, uh, and now when they happen, it's just like cliche, like whatever. Like, and it's not that I'm ungrateful. It's just like, cool. It's like, I got used to it because God's continuing to slowly, it's like a, it's like an escalator process, you know? Right. And, and what I've learned is that deep down, yeah. we always yeah. feel like we ready. Like that's one of the hardest things. Like sometimes deep down we can feel that I'm ready, yeah. but because God is already knowing your future, he can look yeah. at your life and say, yeah. no, you will be ready. Amen. But I need you to accomplish these things first. I need you to handle this business first. But deep down in the beginning, we can and feel like, like we're ready. If you, if you, you want to be honest, saying? like how many people yeah. do you know took off overnight, blew up overnight, and they're doing good today? Not many because you the success come fast. And they don't they know how to handle experience. it. And worldly, worldly, um, so, it's always from the enemy too. It's like people like, oh, God's doing this. No, it's a distraction. My my pastor said one time, he said, everything's either a blessing mm -hmm. from heaven. This is a word for somebody watching. There's five people in here and I know this is a word for somebody. Everything is either a blessing from heaven or a distraction from hell. It's, and not mm. everything that glitters is gold. That's powerful. And you've heard, like Marcus said, that is like not everything that glitters is gold. So sometimes when you think everything's God and everything's going good, the enemy will throw something in there to make it look good. You know, just like Adam and Eve had a whole garden, but he gave them that one piece of fruit, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that was forbidden and, and they fell for right. this deception. So it's like the same thing. It's like I've never seen somebody just go boom overnight because they don't know how to handle it, bro. Like, no matter how ready they say they are, if your alignment isn't in the will of God and your eyes are not fixed on just souls and salvation, you're not going to run well. Uh, and that's how you... Exactly. Yeah. You have why to know the why. Life. You got to know why am I doing this? If, if, your, if your why is because I want to be rich, I want to be successful, or sometimes if your why is I just want to take care of my family, we got to remember that God, we're all in this together. We're in the body of Christ. So it's not yeah. just your family. You get what I'm saying? It's the body of Christ as a whole. So God is going to take care of you. He knows the amount of hairs is on your head. So we can't ever get that twisted. Your family is going to be good. Yeah. It's all about that faith at the same time. Like, where's your faith at with God? Do you really believe he can make those things yeah. that seem impossible possible? And sometimes we short our own growth because we set our expectations so low. Yeah. We're like, yo, we just want to get here or good. You know what I'm saying? And then God is like, <laughs> yeah, it's not weird be close yeah, to where I want to yeah, have you. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So it's such a powerful moment when you can really yeah. understand that it's about God's will. Of course, God's wants to, God wants to elevate you to the point where you can reach more people. But he wants to make sure if you're going to be yeah. reaching all these people, ready. you're actually yeah. ready. Yeah, you're you're going to give them the correct message. Back. But it's like, yeah. and even that, like with the music, bro, like exactly. I question myself, like, am I, am I just making this happen or is it whatever? Like, it's a God, you know, I just kept, I, I talk about a lot publicly and I got to be careful with this too, because like people will flock you about like this and they got to experience it for themselves. You got like, I try to train people how they hear the voice of God, um, because I hear, I'm confident to say that I hear mm -hmm. God clearer than a lot of people. Um, and I mean that, and I mean that humbly, I don't mean that okay. arrogantly, like I know, know when God speaks to me, I just. I can't really explain. It's not audible. I never heard the audible voice of God. I got friends that heard the audible voice of God, but I never heard his voice audibly. But I know when he speaks to me. And the way I've learned was through this past two years when I got into music where 
God would tell me to do something. And I give my wife huge props, bro, because she was kind of like the breadwinner and the bill payer for the last couple of years where I started to get into it because music costs like a lot of money and a lot of time. Uh, but my wife took it upon herself and we were okay, like financially, where she's like, okay, I make this certain amount. This will pay the bills. Here's how much, you know, you can go do what you know God's calling you to because I trust that it's God because I see the fruit and it's evident in your life. And like, that takes a lot. Like that's where <clears throat> one plus one isn't two. It's a stronger one. And so she believed in that. She believed yeah. in the God in me. So like I started, I'd say like, babe, I feel like the Lord told me this. And she's like, why are you telling me? Go do it. <laughs> like that's, that's the way that I was like, okay, God will go do it. And then God would respond. So right. then here's what would happen. And it was cool because like, she was kind of like a baby Christian when we met, she was raised Catholic. Uh, she had heard of my dad before we met. And then we met, it was just crazy how we met, you know, got engaged in 28 days, married under three months. Like it was crazy fast. That's a whole nother story for another time. Um, mm -hmm. So, so she was learning a lot about the Lord <laughs> when we first met and I wasn't the best portrayal of God. Like our first couple of years of marriage when I was off social media, like I was going through stuff and like, I wasn't the best husband. And I say that openly, like, I just wasn't, I wasn't a good godly character for her to follow. So I wasn't leading properly. So then to like redeem a lot of that and to make up for lost time, whenever I started to really seek God and I would hear him speak, he would use it in a two benefit way where not only did it encourage me, but it encouraged her because she would hear her husband say, Hey, God told me this. And then she'd say, okay. And she would trust me with what God told me I would do it. And she would see it. So everything I would start to say is going to happen it would be good to happen. It was like prophecy. I, it was prophetic, bro. Like everything last year that I said was going to take place took place. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to do this with YouTube and this is going to happen. And it happened. And, and I didn't get discouraged when it didn't, but I didn't really have a chance because everything I said was going to happen did. Like it was like a faith builder. It was crazy. So I started wow. to say, like, I'm going to get connected with so-and-so. And then me and so-and-so got connected. Mm. And then the big, biggest one was last year. I said, I feel like by next year, like we're going to have like a RV and travel all around and I'm going to like be speaking and like, it would be dope to have like a bus, whatever. And she was kind of just like, mm, yeah, okay. Like, it's <laughs> okay. Even after everything that she still happened, cause it was kind of extreme. Well, then I started a lot of people watching some people yeah. might follow, but I started that fundraiser and I've never like asked for anything like that. Like my dad never has. So people, I took some heat for like comparison once again. But when I talked to my dad about it, he's like, Hey man, if the Lord's on it, that's how it should be. It should work out. There's nothing wrong with asking people for help if it's ministry related. So I did. And in three weeks, we raised half the money for mm -hmm. a tour bus. And now I have a full traveling schedule, like 23 events in 14 different, 13 different states starting in two weeks, all because I answered the call with wow. the music. Even though I had naysayers, even though I had mm -hmm. negativity, even though I had backlash, even though I had comparisons, I said, you know what? Forget all that because I know when I hear God. So I started to follow that voice. Right. And all the doors opened wide up. And now this is just the beginning, bro. Absolutely, man. I agree with you 100%. Uh, one thing I do know when it comes to the Holy Spirit leading your life um, and giving you an assignment, um, it's okay to understand yeah. that other people are not going to understand that assignment. Yeah. Because it's not for them. It's for you. You know, when God gives you an assignment, he's expecting you to follow the suit and handle your business. He's not expecting the guy that's in the congregation to, to agree with what the assignment was. He's not looking to man for the approval yeah. of what he's calling you to do. You get what I'm saying? And so it's like, when we do things, sometimes we hear all of these uh, negative 
of opinions of others and it's like god wouldn't do that god wouldn't say, tell you to yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah. it would happen this like, way everyone got all god. these opinions <laughs> <laughs> like right and so you have to check yourselves and be like listen the holy spirit yeah. is telling me to do this i know it's the holy spirit i don't need to hear nothing else it's okay yeah. to know and it's the Holy Spirit wrong, and not wrong, have to hear nothing else. Learn from it and move on. But how are you? How are you? Yeah, and you're wrong. You're wrong. Take the step. Like people praying for the sick. People always say like, "Well, I don't pray for right. people because I never see them get healed." Well, if you ain't praying for people because of what you saw, then you're never right. going to see someone else get healed. So you're just going to stay stuck in that mindset, even though Jesus told you something different. So what do you really believe? You know. Exactly. And you can't. How is he going to use you as a vessel? If you're denying the power, bro, come on now. Like, it's so many people that got this form of godliness, but they denying the power. You call yourself a believer, Amen. but you don't have faith. Amen. That don't even make sense. That's like that. That that goes against you. That's like going to a grocery store that don't got <laughs> yeah. groceries. Like what? It doesn't make sense. What are you doing here right now? Yeah. Are you a believer or are you not a believer? Because, you know, when you read this Bible and you really get down and you study, you're reading real accounts of people's lives. You're reading things yeah. that really took place. There is nothing that you can say God can't do. And when you, you realize that we serve a God that can make the impossible possible, there should be nothing that can stop your faith. Honestly, even if you may not be the most confident in it because you didn't see it happen before, but when I read the Bible, I know that Jesus really walked on water. So I'm not over here speculating, oh, that was that was a figure of speech. Like, no, he really walked on water. And so if he can walk on water, of yeah. course he can help you with this situation. Of course he can deliver this person that's struggling with this disease. The doctors might say it looks one way, but yeah. God can definitely make it look another way, you know, but it's all in his will. Yeah. Um, it's all in his time. But if the Holy Spirit is calling you to do something, do it. Yeah. Don't let nothing stop you. You know, that's one thing I've learned um, from experience. It's just like just knowing yeah. that voice and being goes, a true sheep and knowing the shepherd's not allowing what you don't see to determine what you do like if you just because you haven't seen it before if you don't if you allow yeah. what you've seen in the past not happen to keep you from stepping out in faith in the future then you'll never see it and then you'll always use your experience as your excuse rather than the truth of what jesus did so exactly. then you don't allow what he went through you allow what you're going through mm -hmm. to be greater than what he's already accomplished and that's the thing like when i prayed for the guy with the scars he disappeared it's like like when I went into that prayer, like it wasn't like, like I was like, oh, we're going to pray for his scars. It disappeared. Nah, like I just loved him and I answered the call that he had. I just prayed out of a place of sincerity because I knew that God wanted to do something. And I listened to the Holy Spirit when he said, breathe. And that was it. And we went to bed and I told him to just, I told him to go to sleep that night and thank God for what he's doing in his life. That was it. it had nothing to do with the scars. Like, mm -hmm. Is that what he wanted to pray for? Absolutely. But I didn't say scars. I command you to disappear. I was like, Father, mm -hmm. I thank you for the love that you have for Scott. I thank you for the change you're doing in his heart. And I thank you that you're a new creation in Christ. And I just ask God that you would reveal yourself to him and make himself known in you. And then it boom, like it was just. Someone just put a, a question and I want to make sure we address it. Uh, someone asked, how do you determine the difference between you thinking it's the Holy Spirit or is it yourself? 
I'll let you take the question um, really It's a learning quick. process. Again, like my sheep know my voice, the strangers they will not follow. Like you have a lot of voices calling for your attention. You know, you have your, your conscience calling for you, you have the voice of God calling for you, you have the enemy, you have distractions. Um, I've had trial and error where I thought mm-hmm. something was, was God in the past and it wasn't because I was hype about something. Like we were talking about like platforms and being ready for mm-hmm. things. There was times that I thought I was ready for something and it's because I was on an emotional high. You know, I did a song and I thought it sounded good. So then all of mm-hmm. a sudden I could hear this voice say, go do this. And it was a slump and I had to learn. So one biggest thing is like a lot of people hear voices that and they feel like, you know, like I'm not good enough. Like, I don't know if I should do this. It's always a questioning voice. But like I was taught, my pops taught me, he said, if something doesn't mm-hmm. edify you, if it doesn't encourage you and it doesn't lift you up, it's never God. So there's your first thing. If it if it's, right. a, if it's a good thing, and that's not to say like the enemy won't throw in, like I said earlier, like not everything that glitters is gold. But once you start walking with identity in Christ and, and it's intimacy, like it's hard to, if you don't, you can't answer it for somebody like until you have the discernment, like discernment's so important, especially when you're counseling people, like right. you can be counseling someone, they can look you in your eyes and be like, oh yeah, I'm doing great brother. And they can put on the greatest facade and the greatest face and talk to you about all these great things that God's doing in their life. But if you have discernment, you can see straight through that. You can see straight through that without judging. You can see straight right. through that. So it's like hearing the voice of God because God's, God's interest is for the best interest for your heart. Like he cares about you. He sees you when no one else does. And people always say like, well, it doesn't matter what I do because no one's going to see. Yeah, you will. And so does God. And that's the only two people that it matters to. So it's like, once you get that concept that Absolutely. God sees you and that he's always watching, it's not, it's not a fear like, oh, I got to behave because God's watching. No, it's something in your heart that becomes where you want to please him like we were talking about earlier. So the more you do that and the more consistent you do, when you hear these voices, mm-hmm. it's easy to exit out, whether this is me, this is God. Like a lot of times God speaks to me and I know it wasn't me because I would have never thought of it. Like this is, how, this is how I take it. I know my voice if it's normally coming from my personal voice, it's something that I can do with ease because it's coming from a fleshly perspective. So usually if it's something where it's like, I just want to do this, it's coming from a fleshly perspective. When it's coming from the Holy Spirit, at least in my experience, it's always a fight. It's like a little small fight on the inside where it's like, is that the Holy Spirit or is that me? It's like a conversation you have before you do it. Like, um, let me see. Uh, then there comes this tug in your heart a couple seconds later where you feel like you're telling him where no if you don't do leave it. Leave you alone. That's the main I difference for me. So. Yeah, it don't leave you yeah. alone. Like, it, it's almost bothering you. It, it's like it's like if you don't do it, you won't be able to sleep tonight when I'm thinking yeah. about what you didn't do. It's almost like your your parent yeah. telling you to take out the trash and you didn't take yeah. out the trash. It's going to bother you. Now, this, so that's the best way I can explain not it in a visual you, kind of perspective. You Imagine you're... Where the voice doesn't leave you alone. Yeah. Yeah, because it's going to bother your spirit. Your spirit is going to... Your spirit is, is, is wants yeah. to do what the Father is telling you. You know, your spirit wants to uh, be obedient. But this flesh be fighting the spirit you get what i'm saying yeah. this flesh really goes against the grain and so if the holy spirit is saying go pray for that guy your flesh is saying nah he minded his own business and yeah. i gotta go over here yeah. i'm good you know what i'm saying or i don't want to look crazy because if i go talk to him what if i'm wrong that's your flesh but when the, but when you keep walking that's where it's like the holy spirit gonna tug at you like listen i'm telling yeah. you 
to go pray for this person. And at that point, you hit this crossroad. This is how it happens for me. I can't say it happens for everyone this way. But it, you hit this crossroad where you're like, I'm literally yeah. about to tell God no. Like, I know. It's like an unknowing. It's like when you spend, and I guess it really depends on your spiritual maturity, number one. It definitely depends on how um, yeah. how much time you spend in your secret place so you can understand and know the, the voice of God. Because honestly, yeah. I can tell the difference. Well, it's, get, it's getting over that hump, too. Like, like how we were talking <laughs> earlier, like how, like, oh, it cost you everything. Yeah. Like, the annoying, whatever. Like, it's, it's, getting over that when once you yeah. get into the presence of god and you see him move on your behalf the grace takes effect it enables you to want to go after him mm -hmm. more so the same thing with like like praying for people that like for instance words of knowledge bro i get a lot of words of knowledge for people and night like the enemy whether it's good or bad the enemy wants you to think that everything you think is you because that'll keep you silent because mm -hmm. then you think oh it's not god that's just me i'm not gonna say it but i've learned when i got into like like I just, mm -hmm. I was at the Shout Youth Conference uh, a week and a half ago with Red Tips and Pop and John and Will Hart and Brian Conley and Jessica Tate. It's like 400, 400 some youth. We do it every year. And uh, bro, deliverance, mm -hmm. mass deliverance. People on the floor shrieking, like devils coming out, bro. People falling out in the spirit. I think I prayed for 25 kids and like 20 of them just out in the presence of God. And I'm getting words of knowledge for kids that I never met and didn't think, I didn't go there praying to get words of knowledge i went there to be obedient and be a vessel mm -hmm. but once i started praying i started hearing these voices going right. they're going through this they're going through that they're bad looking when they were a child seven years old blah, blah. and i was just like whatever if i'm wrong they'll never see me again but i feel like i'm going to step out because 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 right. even if you're wrong you still love them you still were trying to be obedient to god that you thought was god and you love them so people are like what if i'm wrong well mm -hmm. then you we're wrong and you continue to learn the voice of God. But here's my question for you is what if you were right? right. So that that's what happens where we make it all about us. It's not about who cares if we're wrong. What if we're right? What's it going to do for them? You know? Right. So then when you start speaking that and you start saying right. like, I just feel like God's telling me this and that and that. And all of a sudden they're like, <laughs> like shaking. It's like, Oh my God, like I'm hearing from God. Like, I mean, but this for me, for, for me, it's annoying though. Like, cause like, um, Here's an experience I had. I was in a movie theater. It was Pastor Bray Lark, yep. um, the uh, Come Out in Jesus Name movie. There was this guy, he was sitting down. Now, you know, after the movie's over, everybody was praying over people. But there was this one guy in particular, he was sitting down. And I like that tug, that tug in my heart. It was like, I could pray over anybody in that theater. That but it was something about this guy I felt like a specific tug towards and he wasn't trying to come out to talk to a whole bunch of people. He literally was just sitting there or people getting prayed on. He's just sitting there and I'm just, and I just feel this tug. And so I literally, this is funny though, because as the movie was ending and he was doing the deliverance prayer on the screen, I was like locked in on this guy who was in front of me. I just knew it was something about him. And then after the, the deliverance prayer was over, people started to pray on each other. I started to go everywhere in that theater, yeah. but to that guy <laughs> that I felt that tug on. And the tug got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and to the point I was just like, you know what? I'm going over there. I'm going over there. I went over there. I talked to him. I said, listen, man, I don't know what it is. I just feel drawn to talk to you right now. Um, you know, it's it, what's your name? Go ahead, introduce yourself, and that type of thing. He told me, and I said, all the same. It's like what I said. Stop. 
and something else started to come in like I was getting a download. It was like, you're dealing with unforgiveness. You need to forgive this person. And all of a sudden, yeah, like, how did you know that? And he started bald face crying. You know what I'm saying? And then it was like, I would hear something else. And it was like, I would hear it. And then I would speak it. And then his response would let yeah. me know. It was like confirmation. Like, oh, that didn't come for me. It was his response that was confirmation that that's, I'm really, yeah. I'm really hearing from the yeah. Holy Spirit right now. You know what I'm saying? And then he ended up manifesting all of that. But the rest is, I had to be obedient because I didn't want to do it initially. And the, the flesh in me wanted to go to whoever I felt like it. But in reality, the Holy Spirit was drawing me to this person in particular. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I had disobeyed and ignored it that moment, it didn't matter. I prayed for 10 people. The one that the Holy Spirit wanted me to pray for yeah. was didn't get that right. prayer, meaning they didn't, didn't get that deliverance. And so it's important to really understand the, the Holy Spirit and as far as knowing the voice. When, it, when he's yeah. talking at your yeah. heart, just go. Because you know, it doesn't matter just if go. you're wrong. That's all. That's the bottom line. What do you have to lose if you're wrong? Like, that's for people watching, like, that are skeptical right. about, like, well, how am I going to look? It's not about how you look. Like, you know, well, what if I'm mm -hmm. wrong? I'm going to look stupid. You don't look stupid. You actually look bold and confident because most people are stuck in the shell you're stuck in and won't step out and do it because they feel the way you feel, you know? So, but once you get into that groove, it's right. just like anything else. If you work out, you're going to get bigger, you know? Uh, if you run, you know, your cardio mm -hmm. is going to get better. It's the same thing. You're exercising your spiritual gifts. If you step out and you start practicing what you think is God, why would God speak to you if he knows you're not going to do anything with it? You know? So it's like he, he loves you and right. he wants to use you. But if you're not sure. exercising that, that's where a lot of people get stuck and the enemy withers them and wilts them where it's like, well, I don't hear God speak, brother. Well, that's because every time he does, you don't do anything with it. Like. And you might be wrong sometimes, but that's mm. okay. Like, he didn't call you to be perfect. He called you to be loved. That'll preach. Right. Yeah. That's deep, man. <laughs> that is deep. That is deep. So um, what words of encouragement you want to leave with the people, man, that's been tuned in and and, and they getting to yeah, witness um, this wonderful um, conversation right now? Take everything we said and apply it to your life. <laughs> um, if you have a loss, if you have a lost loved one, Boy. You, know, you don't pray from a place of panic and a place of discouragement. You play from, pray from a place of faith and you thank God for, you don't, you don't ask God to do things necessarily. You thank him for what he's going to do. Um, there's a place where you can ask God for things, but I think mm. a lot of it has to do with declaration. Like, I think a lot of times we ask God to do things for us that he's given the authority for us to do. Um, so it's speaking life over your mm. lost loved one. Um, it's declaring, calling for things that are not as though they are. Um, it's waking up every day, not being sin conscious where it's like, oh, no, I hope I don't screw up again. You thank God for the opportunity to do good again, you know, because as a man thinketh, so he is. So the more that you right. you focus on doing right, it's not a works thing either. It's becoming. It's like when I learn how God sees me on my darkest day, you never lost sight of me. That helps me and enables me to love people. Like when I'm in traffic and someone cuts me off, that's my biggest struggle is traffic by the way. And I think I get that from my dad because that's his biggest struggle too. I'll put him on blast. <laughs> like, but our, our first flesh reaction is, excuse me, to react and be like, oh, they cut me off. But it's like, there's a place past that. Like mm. there's deeper things in life. Like we say like, oh, right. we're praying for the closest parking spot. But like, we should give someone else the parking spot. You know, I don't think that was God. Like God wants us to lay ourselves down. It's nothing wrong with being blessed. But I think a lot of times, like I said, we ask God for things that are unnecessary. Um, that he's given us the ability to accomplish um, as long as they line up with his will. And uh, I would say, 
I know it sounds cliche, but uh, seek God first and everything else will be added. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else. Because a lot of times I feel like we try to add on to our life. And then if it goes good, then we seek God because we're satisfied. But that's backwards because then we're not doing anything in his strength. We're doing it in ours. So then when it crashes, we don't have anywhere to go to. And that's why a lot of people, I think, reach out to God last because nothing went their way. So then they cry out. You know, Jesus said, do not fear and do not worry. But the first thing most Christians do and most people do is they fear, worry, and then they cry out to God. Um, so I think the biggest thing is like training your mind and training your heart to to seek God first and renewing your mind. That's the biggest thing. Like I preach when I go to churches. I know it's getting late here. I preach when I go to churches like, you know, we, we ask Jesus to come into our heart, you know, and like, God, fill me. But then a lot of times, Romans 12, 1 and 2, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So like that that scripture says, you're not able to test and approve what God's will is for your life until you're not conformed to the patterns of this world and until you transform your mind. So I think what happens a lot is we accept Jesus into our hearts, but then we don't renew our mind. See, the enemy is after your mind and he wants your soul. Jesus wants all of you. So if you accept Jesus into your heart and you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you're not renewing your mind, the enemy's going to try to get into your thought process. And as a man thinketh, so he is, and don't try to steal the seed of salvation and creep back into your heart. So I think that that's a big, that's a word for somebody. Like, I feel like the renewing of your mind is so important. It's so overlooked in the church. And that's why our, our Gen Z, our teenagers are struggling so much because they don't have, they don't have the mind, the concept of Christ because they weren't taught that and they weren't taught to renew it. So it's once you renew that and see how God sees you, it changes everything. Yeah. Man, that's powerful right there. The Satan yeah. is always after the mind. That is why when it comes to being an unbeliever, it is his priority to blind yeah. the mind. Number one goal. Number one you know, goal. and the reason is, yeah, that's his number one goal. And so by blinding your mind, you know, some of the tricks he'll do is try to make you yeah. think that he doesn't exist. Because if he don't exist, God don't exist, heaven don't exist, hell don't exist, and you just do you, you know? And then you're on yeah. autopilot with the destination yeah. set for hell and don't even know it, you know? Um, so the mind games is, is always, always the number one trick to yeah. get to your mind. Even as a believer, he would try to get you to believe yeah. things aren't going to happen. He would try to get you to believe that uh, that what God has promised you is not even going to happen. You know, you have faith. He would yeah. try to stump you on your faith. But if you really, really, really stay grounded, you had that relationship with Christ, yeah. you will walk over the enemy in this world, man. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of things people have to understand is that the devil can't do anything without your authority. Yeah. People give place to the devil, so the reason he's able to move and operate yeah, in your life is honestly because yeah. you let him. I mean, that's the that's yeah. the real that's the real truth you know even when you think about adam and eve in the garden i mean he didn't take that apple or let's say that forbidden fruit he didn't take that forbidden fruit and shove it up any of their mouths he convinced them by playing mind games that it was in their best mm -hmm. interest to eat and so th therefore they sinned you get what i'm saying he was cursed in the process but they were the ones that actually sinned because yeah. they, they were the ones that disobeyed God. Now, they can point the finger at the devil all day, every day. It's but at the end actions. of the day, it's your actions. Say. Totally. You get what I'm saying? 
And so we got free will, but when we make these decisions to to walk according to our flesh and we continue to sin, we can't look at the devil and point the finger at him on judgment day and say, hey, it was his fault. Because at the end of the day, we're responsible for the decisions we made. We're responsible for our actions. Even when God was tugging at your heart, you're responsible for saying no. When he was knocking at your door, you're responsible for not opening you can't say it was because the devil was in the yeah. kitchen and he told me not to. You know what I'm saying? God, I gave you authority over your house. Yeah. Now, what are you going to do? Um, I think that's a big deal for a lot of people. Um, I definitely want people to take that away as far as um, this interview go, man. I appreciate you for being here. Uh, oh, yeah. Before we go, let them know about your new projects. Which projects? And then we'll wrap up from there. Yeah. Uh, new music yeah. coming on the way. Who we working with? Um, any any spoilers yeah, so, for us? Exclusives? Uh, you know, I dropped what five songs in the last five months. I said six in the last six. I think it was five in the last five. Um, just dropped that music video of me and ASAP Preach far away this past week. Um, between both our YouTubes, it's at like 13k, I think, which is the best music video I've done so far. Um, it's reaching a lot of people. It's real life, you know. Wow. It's, it's real life struggles. You know the lyrics. Sometimes you feel so close, but sometimes you seem far away. Like, I'm just going through the motions. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good song. But uh, I have 12 unreleased songs at the moment. Uh, and then I think I'm going to drop, like, a 14-song album uh, next month. I was talking to Red Tips at the at the conference last week, and he's like, bro, you know, until you have, like, a bigger fan base, I think you should just drop singles to keep building it. But I was like, that's what I've been doing. Um, I, feel like, I feel like I could release the album. And then even after I release the album, still release mm-hmm. singles off the album. Because not everyone's going to hear the album, you know? Um, so, right. uh, but just finish up with right. ASAP Preach, uh, you already know you connected me and Rick Rogers, uh, and we had that banger going to drop. Yeah. Some point, some point Rick. you can mix and master that. <laughs> um, I just finished a verse for Austin Cambam, you know, Cambam, uh, Rapzilla put him on a few years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, I love his heart. I love his heart. And, uh, we connected, okay. he was one of the guys that started to teach me how to like record vocals, which I don't record my own vocals at the moment. I go to a studio, uh, but I have all the stuff to do and I'm just learning that. So mm-hmm. I still go to the studio, but him and I connected as like friends first. And he, he was one of the people that would like be honest with me when I thought something sounded good. He's like, yeah, but you could punch this better. You could do this better. Uh, and I took it as healthy criticism and it's developed me into where I am now. Um, and I know that I've grown a lot like overnight and that's where like, God, I know it's God, bro. Cause like a lot of people, right. like, I've talked to people that have been in the genre for a long time. You know, five Ola, uh, Craig James, he does, he did, he did a song with uh what's your name uh v rose and dayton a while back that really took off okay well i, I can't did, place I did it right a song now with him too and uh like he was telling me he's like bro like in a okay. year and a half you you have grown like what it took me like eight ten years to develop um and i said humbly because mm-hmm. it's like that's why i know it's god because he's redeeming the lost years that were stolen you know um, cause that should have started a long time ago. I'm Absolutely. So like, that's where the enemy's like, oh, you're 33. You can't get into a career like this, but it's like, yeah, right. Like look at Brian Trejo. He's in his young forties and he's like the top artist in the country right now. Um, like Christian Jonas. So it's like, bro, I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna lie to you. UK definitely has for like, uh, I would say 28, 29, 30 at the most. But 33, ain't no one going to believe that. I'm always that baby face. I'm just uh, But now, man, <laughs> right. 
But that's a good thing, though. Yeah. That means you get. That means you got longevity in the game, because that means when, when you get you got older, yeah. people are gonna be like, "Wow, that's but, that's crazy." But, um, you know what I'm saying? Watching, in a good way. Going to my Instagram profile. I just started this Instagram last June. Everyone's like, "You need an Instagram. You need an Instagram." That's where all the teens are at, etc. I was always a Facebook dude. Um, so I started last June. So I've had 11 months. Yeah. Um, and we're at like what, like 6,000 followers or so. Not much, but like the engagement's incredible that I get for the, the amount of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go onto my website right here on my Instagram, damolergicjr.com, um, you can see all of my upcoming schedule. I have a full tour starting in the second week, first week of May that runs the whole way through, the whole way through the end of mm-hmm. August. Um, I'm in the process of scheduling a right. circuit tour in October uh, for all of Texas. I have like seven or eight invites right now. And uh, the ones like 2,000 people, they bring in like Phil Wickham, people from K-Love. Uh, and they invited me to come perform in October, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Uh, so wow. hopefully, hopefully I can seal that because um, it's up in the air right now. But uh, hopefully I can seal that, and uh, I think that would be like a really big opportunity to, you know, um, just spread the gospel, bro. So absolutely, man. Well, look, I'm looking forward to seeing what God continues to do in your life. Um, you already know, yeah, you, my brother, man. We talk almost yeah. every day. For real, we do. So it's definitely a, a blessing to actually be able to get you on the platform. Um, and I hope that people that tuned in, man, they got to learn a little bit more about who you actually are as a person. You know, um, it, it's so different when you're walking in mm-hmm. with people that mm-hmm. big shoes to fill, as they say. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's important for everyone to also recognize that you are you know, your own person in a way where God has a specific calling on your life. And just because it may be a little bit different, you know, than your father, it doesn't mean it's not still as worthy. You get what I'm saying? Um, And I hope people really get that understanding from this. Amen. That's my heart, man, is is people hear his revelation, his, his message and Todd White and all that. But it's like, I come with a different perspective because like God told me a long time ago and it's very humbling because like the world teaches like, oh, like you don't know anything. You're this, you're young. You haven't been through this. You haven't been through that. Um, But like I've been married for going on six years in July and like I help people like with marriage counseling, like, and I'm young, like people order me. Parents is a big one. Like I, you can't even tell you how many messages Mm -hmm. I get from people in their fifties, sixties where they're like, Hey, like I need help. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And God told me it was going to happen a long time ago because my dad preaches, people like that, I know we got to go. People preach, like my dad preaches in like perspective about love and being Christ-like and becoming love and your identity in Christ. But then a lot of times we don't hear the other side of the story of the prodigal that came back and like how they lived and what they were experiencing when they were in their darkness and how they viewed their parents and how they looked at the church and how God worked on their heart when they were running. So I carry that, I believe, an anointing um, to minister to the older generation. Like when I get invites, sometimes it's a youth group. Sometimes it's all 40, 50, 60 year olds. And I'm ministering to them, giving them help because they have somebody struggling. And now they hear it from a different perspective and it helps enlighten them on how to pray into the situation properly. So it's powerful. Right. It's really and powerful. That's deep, man. That's deep. Wow. Listen, man, God bless you, bro. Um, definitely looking forward to hearing more from you. And thank you Thanks so for much for coming me. through to the podcast, bro. We had a long one. <laughs> Absolutely. I had a feeling it was going to happen this way. <laughs> I appreciate you. All right, bro.
You be a king and a legend, boy. That's a big one, huh? He ain't enough to just be a king. And you got the lion in the background, boy. You's a dangerous guy, man. <laughs> you are put through the fire. The only thing that kept me going was I knew it was going to happen. I believed it was going to happen. Oh, I used to print out that list, and I would put my name at the top. I would white out the person at the top, and I'd put my name. Now print out that list and I'd keep it in my pocket for the next four months until one day the email that I got had my name at the top.